This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals are back in first place this morning after a win over the Islanders. The fans make their voices heard at Capital One Arena last night, and the Penguins fall to the Bruins and now they head to D.C. on Thursday. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 28th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. In the first game in front of fans since March of last year, the Capitals earned a one nothing shutout win over the Islanders last night. Vitek Vanacek making 18 saves in the whitewash. Daniel Sprong scoring the game's only goal, just 129 into the first period. And then, coupled with a Boston win over Pittsburgh, the Capitals wake up this morning in first place in the Mass Mutual East Division. And, John, the Capitals looking like a first-place team over the course of this three-game series against the New York Islanders. Second time in three games, John, they've won a one nothing shutout. The series started with a one nothing shootout win going back to last Thursday in Uniondale. Then last night at Capital One Arena, the one nothing win in regulation, clamping down, protecting a one-goal lead. For 58 and a half minutes, the Capitals have a lot to be pleased about in terms of how they won a couple of these games in this three-game set with the Islanders. Defensive-minded, low-scoring, grinded-out affairs. We know they have the offensive potential. They could go out, outscore the opposition. But the fact over the past week now, John, they've earned a couple of shutouts, a couple of one-goal shutouts, I think says something, too, about the way they are potentially equipped to to play some playoff-style hockey moving forward here and with the Pittsburgh Penguins coming to town with, again, first place at stake in the East Division. Yeah, I mean, it felt like, uh, you know, your first NHL game all over again. There's no words to describe what it feels like to have the fans back in the rink. I mean, they're... There are support system, you know, going into empty ranks night after night wasn't wasn't nearly as fun as, you know, skating onto the ice with a bunch of people screaming and, and the atmosphere out there. So even 2000 fans makes a big difference. And hopefully moving forward, we can just keep adding people. And we're so lucky to have such a, a great fan base that it, it's a huge advantage. And it's definitely pushes us to be better when, when they're there. That's Tom Wilson after the game last night talking about the fans and Ben, just the return of 2,100 people. For those who aren't there, it doesn't sound like a lot when you normally have 18,000 and change, more than that in some buildings, but they reacted in the right places. There were a few refuse suck chants. They didn't have that on the can noise. (laughs) There was so much good about the fans being back, sitting down below us in the 200 level. Kenny and I have been coming in that building for 13 months, and it has been empty the whole time. Road games, home games, we've done it now 60, 70 times. To be able to have fans, to have you back with us, everything felt just more normal last night. Yeah, and I I like what you say about the crowd reacting in the right places. I I think that's something I noticed last night that – Maybe you don't necessarily think of. Maybe you do when there aren't fans in the building. There's certain moments in games. It's one thing to have canned noise and you expect noise after a goal, after a big save, after certain plays like that. But there were instances in this game where the crowd got into it. 
gave the team an ovation. There were a couple of back-to-back shifts in the second period where there was just sustained pressure. The Capitals were getting in on the four check. They completed an entire line change and maintained possession in the zone. And the crowd, albeit a limited one due to capacity restrictions, still got into it, still gave them an appropriate ovation. I like the cheers, the ovation after a couple of big penalty kills in the third period with the games on the line. Those are the organic moments. Those are moments within a game, potential momentum changers, where a fan, where a crowd can have an effect and, and certainly salute the home team. And I thought that those who were in attendance, again, albeit limited, showed themselves very well. It was great to see the fans and also giving them the opportunity to at long last salute Zdeno Chara for the body of work and for what he did last night as well uh, against the Islanders. Yeah, let's talk about that because the folks at the research department at NBC floated this my way this morning and it absolutely bears mentioning Zdeno Chara at 44 years and 40 days old. That's how old he was yesterday. The oldest player in NHL history to pick up a fighting major with Matt Martin last night after Michael Roffel got run into the boards and Zdeno Chara said, oh, no, you don't. (laughs) Amazing, amazing stuff. And if that doesn't get you going on the Capitals bench, Ben, nothing will. That was such a great moment, too. And Shara, John, he didn't hesitate, right? The incident happens. The hit on Raffle happens. And Shara immediately drops the gloves to confront Martin. And it almost took Martin a, a second or two until he realized, oh, I guess, I guess we're doing this. I guess I better drop the gloves. There was actually an awkward moment where it took a, a second or two to fully develop before they, they sued and danced and, and each got five for fighting. But Chara didn't hesitate. And that was so great to see. And a cool moment as well. You acknowledged it on the broadcast when Chara was released from the penalty box after serving the five minutes. He skated over to the bench. Michael Roffel happened to have been on the ice the previous shift so he was still on the ice raffle and you could see he gives chara a a little hug a a little thank you and a salute and for michael raffle who's less than a week removed from making his capitals debut that's a moment that goes a long way the team sees it the teammates see it and john i think that's the second time now in just over a week we're saying chara did something that maybe doesn't come up on the score sheet but something big that goes a long way in that dressing room that 23 other players see. It's noticeable. It's, it's, it's worth acknowledging and, and saluting Shara for what he did in that particular instance. He's the best sub-million dollar contract maybe ever to be able to do all the things he's done. He's not getting paid a whole lot. He doesn't need a whole lot. He's a Hall of Famer. He's going in with the Boston Bruins on his jersey, but coming here and just being such a leader. He's like a coach on the ice out there. And just another one of those moments, I thought, last night. Two straight games now, Ben, without Alex Ovechkin and two injury scratches for the first time for him since going back to 2014. And you can't say enough about the job that this team has done as a whole without Alex in the lineup. Yeah, we can talk about Daniel Sprong, but this team getting contributions, they got it Saturday night on Long Island, two couple of goals from the fourth line there. In this one, you only needed a goal from Daniel Sprong, but literally the guy who took his spot was the guy that scored the only goal of the game. And this team just keeps finding ways to win without Alex, and good for them. They move back into first place. 5-0-1 this season without Ovechkin. That includes the four games he missed in late January while he was on the COVID list. Now, most, most recently, these two wins over the New York Islanders. And yeah, Daniel Sprong, good for him. A healthy scratch uh, last week, and there he is now back in the lineup the past two games, skating alongside Kuznetsov and Wilson and making the most of the opportunity. Three goals in the two games. He's up to 10 on the season. We know the sort of top six style of game that Daniel Sprong brings and being able to show off some offensive skills with some offensive-minded linemates. 
Good for him to take advantage again, as we've said throughout the week. This isn't a recipe for long-term success. When somebody has 730 career goals on their resume, you will gladly welcome them back uh, into the lineup. But I like what Ken said on the post-game show last night, John, that, that maybe this does allow you to you know, buy an extra game or two if needed with Alex Ovechkin. Not quite certain what the status is here, but you could be maybe a little cautious here. You want him as close to 100% come postseason time. And maybe this allows you to not necessarily have to rush him back. You say, okay, we're continuing to, to navigate here without him. And there are guys able to step up and, and fill the void who we can trust. That's certainly a, an encouraging sign from a Caps perspective. No question. And yeah, no reason to rush. Although I don't want to be the guy to tell Alex Ovechkin, yeah, Pittsburgh's <laughs> in town and you're not playing. So uh, we'll see what happens come Thursday night. And Ben, it wouldn't be a Caps this morning if we didn't talk about goaltending. Vitek Vanacek with a shutout, and he plays in what would have been and still hasn't been a third straight start for Ilya Samsonov. I thought Vanacek didn't get overly tested. I thought he answered everything that came his way, obviously, in a shutout. I thought he played with confidence. I think he moves laterally very well. He's always seemingly square to the shooter. So I ask, with seven games to go in the regular season, are we any closer to figuring out who's going to be the goaltender in game one? Because I feel like right now we don't really know that. Nope. I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know with seven games remaining. And to that point, do we know who the game one starter is? No. Do we know who the game three starter is? Like, is it, I, I, I don't think they're going to ping pong back and forth once the postseason gets started. But who knows the way this has gone down the stretch here in the regular season. I'll be honest, John. I, I thought tonight was going to be Sam Sonov again. I, I thought the way he showed himself in the previous two games on Long Island. But good for Vitek Vanacek again, talking about guys taking advantage. To your point, you listed a lot of the things he did well. He just he looked calm. He looked cool, calm, and collected. You know, the rebound control was there. He just he wasn't scrambly. He just he looked very well put together. He didn't look like a goaltender who had gone a few days, a few games without playing. He looked like a goalie who's in a rhythm, you, you could say. He just looked very good. Again, I know not tested a whole lot in terms of volume of shots, but part of that was his doing, too. He covered up a lot that came his way and thought he, he looked really good, and we'll see. I mean, they split him against the Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe. Do you go back to Samsonov on Thursday, but... Are we any clearer to a game one starter? I don't think so. No, it doesn't seem like it. And we will be monitoring through the week and in through the Pittsburgh series. We'll see what happens. Around the Mass Mutual East Division last night, Rangers stay hot with a 3-1 win at home against Buffalo. Alexis Lafreniere now in double digits with goals. He's got 10, got one last night in the third period. Mika Zibanejad continues his torrid scoring pace. He got his 20th goal of the season last night. Igor Shesterkin got the win, stopping 36 of 37. The Rangers doing what they needed to do, but they didn't get a lot of help from the Boston Bruins, who tightened the race even further with a 3-1 win last night in Pittsburgh. David Krejci, number seven. Brad Marchand, number 26. Jeff Carter, the lone goal in the losing effort for the Penguins, who fall back to second place with two dates in Washington starting on Thursday. And the other game in the East last night, everybody playing last night. The Devils beat the Flyers 6-4, to and Philadelphia now on the verge of mathematical elimination in the East. Nobody plays tonight. Everybody starts jumping back in on Thursday night. So, Ben, uh, last thought from you this morning, uh, just on the race itself. Uh, Boston, I thought, made the statement last night. You go into Pittsburgh and win when the Penguins certainly had 
a lot to play for and trying to defend first place. The Bruins are still coming. Pittsburgh now coming to town. Two games set. We said it about the Islanders series, or at least I did, and maybe others, that I thought that the Islanders series was going to be one where we were going to learn a lot about this divisional race by what would happen in it. The Capitals ended up winning all three, and that might have knocked the Islanders down, but it hasn't knocked down Pittsburgh and Boston. So now, again, another two-game set, this time with the Penguins, that may go a long way to deciding who's going to win this division. Sean, I don't think any team has had a worse week or worse, you know, five or six days here than the New York Islanders. Going back to the start of this series, Capitals and Islanders had the exact same record. They were tied atop the division, 62 points each. And here we are when the dust settles after this three-game series, after last night's one-nothing win for the Capitals. All of a sudden, the Islanders, they're going to have some backside pressure here. The Bruins just a point behind them and Boston with games in hand. And the New York Rangers, 8-2-1 and one in their last 11, not going quietly. The Rangers suddenly five points behind the Islanders. And again, the Rangers on the outside of a postseason berth. So the Islanders in some big, big trouble here. And they have a lot of questions, as you highlighted on the broadcast last night. A lot of decisions that have been made on the island. Uh, not putting Matt Barzell out there in important situations. The offense has dried up for the Islanders. And all of a sudden, again, uh, objects in the rearview mirror closer than they appear. The standings on this Wednesday morning, Washington back in first with 68 points and maybe more importantly, a game in hand on Pittsburgh, who sits back at 67 in second place. The Islanders are now five points out of first place at 63 to what Ben just said. Boston is one back of them at 62 and fourth and the Rangers still trying to make it interesting and they have 58 they are in fifth. The Caps and Penguins Thursday at 7. Coverage beginning at 4 with Caps game day. Ben, have yourself a great Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.